Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oxford, Mississippi is one of the most beautiful towns in the entire country. And there's no place quite like Oxford in the spring. Maybe you've thought about moving to Oxford, but haven't taken the plunge yet. If you're in the market, you need only look in one place. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood, and an innovative new development from John Welty Realty. Located just up North Lamar, blocks from the Oxford Square, the Lamar offers 48 acres that connects homes and restaurants with arts and businesses. Only a few steps from your front door, a grocery store, brewery, shops, and other amenities. Build out on these modern open concept homes is happening, so get in now. Call them today at 662-816-2782. You can also reach out via email, hello at the lamarms.com. The Lamar, Oxford's first and only traditional neighborhood and proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Colin Brister is out today for a personal matter. So in the co-host chair, stepping in, is David Johnson. Woohoo! co at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com, and Philip of 247 Sports. Got a lot to cover today and got Greg Kessinger, former Ole Miss shortstop, coming up on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, David, hey, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good, as always. If I were doing any different, I would not tell you. I think you would. I, I probably would. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're pretty honest with each other. But yeah, so far, so good. I'm knock on wood here. So far, so good. Today could be a pretty good day for Ole Miss overall, couldn't it? It could be. It could be. I, I think it will be. Uh, and, of course, uh, you're referring to uh, what might happen tonight. And, of course, uh, the Rebels could get a, uh, a commitment from a four-star wide receiver tonight. How about that? Uh, in the form of Mark Britt. Uh, Britt going to announce his decision between Ole Miss and Florida Tonight at 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, via his Instagram account. And uh, he's got a little ceremony set in Miami. I talked to him a little bit yesterday. It's at some place called the Gwen Cherry Center. I'm sure Gwen Cherry <laughs> is a mover and a shaker down there in Miami. Uh, don't know exactly uh, what that is, but that's where it's going to be at. But anyway, there's a story on the front page of the Spirit, also pinned to the Spirit Message Board, Spirit Recruiting Message Board that has a link to Mark Britt's Instagram account. You can click on it. Uh, now, look, we all know commitment times, things like that are proximate, right? So, you know, 
Don't kill me if it doesn't happen at seven <laughs> o'clock central time on the dot tonight. Also, his sister, he tells me, is in charge of video production. So uh, it, it's not 24-7 sports or CVS sports or ESPN or anybody like that. So so bear with us tonight as Mark Britt makes his announcement. But Ben, you know, what you're hearing out there right now is that Mark Britt is most likely going to be an Ole Miss Rebel tonight. We're going to get to everything in just a second. First, if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. We're also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. When you leave a review in iTunes, doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. David can be found on Twitter at Rebels247. And like I mentioned, we both write for the Ole Miss Spirit. For those that don't know why he's waited this long, the answer to that is what? Well, I, I, I think obviously there were some some slight issues on the academic side. And I think Florida wanted him to get all of that resolved. Uh, I think they are resolved at this point. But during the interim, while all that was going on, Ben, the Gators, uh, from what I'm hearing, moved on. So, uh, you know, you put two and two together right there, and um, things look pretty good for Ole Miss. And again, I'm hearing those academic issues are resolved or on the or or are on the verge of being resolved uh, for Mark Britt. So uh, looks like uh, like you opened up with it might be a pretty good night for Ole Miss. Now listen, recruiting things can change, right? Go back to the Weidman recruitment. You know, 24 hours before signing day, things look good with him. Something happened there at the uh, last minute that made him change his mind, and he ended up going to Tennessee. Uh, so. Uh, where the tea leaves are right now, they're all reading Ole Miss, but you never know. It's recruiting. I want to throw that caveat in there. I don't want people to threaten to murder my cat tonight <laughs> if Mark Britt does not commit to Ole Miss. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Uh, There's a lot I, of hesitancy on your side, on fan side, a lot of reticence. I get it. And the main reason for that is the last minute about faces for a number of different guys that Ole Miss thought it was getting. Everything was trending Ole Miss's direction for Malachi Weidman, so much so that Ole Miss backed off of other prospects because they assumed, everybody assumed, the kid assumed until 24 hours beforehand that he was going to Ole Miss. Ole Miss does not have the same recruiting infrastructure, we'll call it that, in place as it used to. So these things are happening more often lately. So I get why people are hesitant um, are, are at least waiting and seeing what happens with Mark Britt. But assuming this does stick, he's 6'2", he's 190, the number 267 prospect in the country, according to the 247 Sports Composite. Is he a wide receiver strictly? Is he a potential move to safety or something like that? We'll talk about a current or recent departure for Ole Miss football from the secondary. Is wide receiver the position? I don't know. Uh, yeah, You know, I, I think he's versatile enough that he could be successful in the SEC on either side of the football. Um, the Rebels need some help in the secondary more than they do in the receiver core. I mean, that's a given. Uh, they need some bodies back there, as you mentioned and alluded to DeAndre Prince's uh, entering of the NCAA transfer portal that we'll, we'll talk further about. But, uh, you know, the, the, what you're getting here is an athlete, okay? And you can see at 247 Sports, we rate him as an athlete, the number nine athlete in the country. Uh, most people like, like him as a wide receiver. I could definitely see him playing safety as well, um, which is, is good. I mean, you got two different ways to employ this guy. He's versatile. And um, if you get him on campus, we'll just have to see where the biggest need is. I think right now the biggest need is secondary, but I do think, you know, their first look at him is at wide receiver. 
regardless, if Ole Miss lands him, it'll be a boost for its class, the number 39 class in the country, 12th in the SEC, in such a bad close that he would be a lift in that respect as well. They need bodies. They need talented bodies. And I think it goes to show that just because it went so poorly on the second of two signing days earlier this month doesn't mean Ole Miss is done, as you had talked about when you joined this podcast, to give recruiting updates when you've talked about it on the Rubio Hotline, your own podcast, The Insiders, which you can find on the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com. If Mark Britt is the first, will he be the last, or do you expect more potential additions as Ole Miss goes on through the spring and looks at the grad transfer portal or just transfer portal in general? It feels like Ole Miss could be doing this up until the summer when kids start reporting from the incoming class. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I, I mean, Lane Kiffin has made uh, made no bet, no doubts about it that you know the transfer portal is part of their recruiting plan, and uh, you know that portal is going to be replenished some as spring practices play out uh, across the country. Uh, guys who aren't happy with their situations for whatever reason, guys who aren't happy where they're settling in on the depth chart, uh, guys maybe at schools, you know, look at. Kenny Yeboah's situation. He was at Temple, uh, kind of a downtrodden program, and uh, he had his degree in hand and uh, just wanted to play on a bigger stage, maybe uh, put himself in a bigger light for NFL people to look at him this season. Uh, you know, So you've got all of that at play. They've got the Scollies to bring in two, three, four guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, Ben, it's not over. I don't, I don't think it's going to be over until June, basically, as far as this 2020 class goes. Now, that's not saying they're going to go out and sign three guys, uh, three guys from the portal. Going to have to be guys that can help, and, and you want those guys to come in and help immediately. Um, so, uh, no, it's not over tonight. I, I don't think it is at all. Um, there are still some areas where, uh, you know, I, I think there's some concern, particularly on the defensive side of the ball with the defensive line in the secondary. Uh, they need some out-of-the-package guys, uh, a couple of them that could come in and be difference makers right off the bat. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. Before we really get going here on Talk of Champions, let me tell you briefly about Impact by Ironwood and Sola, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Business owners, did you know you can support Ole Miss Athletics every time you accept a debit or credit card payment? That's right, Impact by Ironwood offers the best debit and credit card payments processing tools around, and they'll donate a portion of their profits to the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation in your name. The best part is you don't have to spend an extra dime to get exclusive member benefits, earn donor priority points, and support your Ole Miss Rebels. To learn more, call 1-833-GO-TEAMS. That's 1-833-GO-TEAMS. Or go to www.impactolemiss.com. Make a difference. Make an impact. So a few years ago, a multi-generation Ole Miss family set out to do something a little different in the world-renowned Oxford culinary community. They wanted to bring a true wine bar to the square. Upon opening the wine bar in 2013, they discovered they had one of the Southeast's best young chefs in Erica Leip. Fascinated by diverse cultures and tastes, Erica proved herself to be a true visionary when pairing food and drink, constantly discovering new pairings, and creating seasonal offerings that took the classics everyone loves and twisting them up a notch to create something truly unique. Fast forward to 2019, the family felt that their food offerings were being undervalued and decided to lean on Erica's incredible culinary talents and rebrand the wine bar into one of the best restaurants in the Southeast. Enter Sola bringing to you unique cuisine and lifted spirits. Come as you are, enjoy creative dishes and distinctive drinks 
as served by Erica and her team of food and beverage enthusiasts, skillfully combining ingredients from local purveyors with classic cooking techniques from all over the world. Simply put, Sola is the best restaurant in Oxford. So check them out. The website is solaoxford.com or give them a call at 662-238-3500. Also remember to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, using the at MS on all platforms. Sola in Oxford, on the Oxford Square. Mark Britt's primary recruiters, Jeff Lebby, Kevin Smith, those guys have been involved in many of the top lands for Ole Miss. So far, I think we can easily surmise that if they're not the top two recruiters, they're up there regardless. Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't want to sell Chris Partridge short either. I think uh, he has already done some outstanding work out there on the recruiting trail. This is a staff uh, full of really good recruiters. I, I mean, that's that was part of, I think, the mindset of Lane Kiffin when he was assembling this thing. Uh, he's got some really good X and O guys on this staff, but uh, – Everybody on this staff, you can make a case to be an excellent recruiter. I mean, I mean, from DJ Durkin, I mentioned Chris Partridge. Ole Miss fans are familiar, of course, with Derek Nix, Terrell Buckley, Deke Adams, uh, you know, Randy Clements. I mean, all these guys are, are are veterans of the recruiting trail. They know what they're doing, and uh, you know, the criticism that uh, Ole Miss caught for not finishing strong earlier this month. Um, uh, warranted. I'll, I'll grant you that, but it's a different age of college football. Now these guys, man, they, they got in here in December and, uh, you know, you're talking about having to create relationships in such a short period of time and not only create your own good relationship with these recruits at this school, but you're having to, by doing so, you're hoping you're breaking down longstanding relationships they've had with other coaches and recruiters at other schools in a matter of a couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's fair to criticize uh, the finish in February. You might not like it. None of us did. They went like two for 10 on the day. But again, you got to understand the arena you're working in now. With the December early signing period, man, 75% of the, of the guys are gone. They're off the market, so your your talent pool is so much more smaller. Your window of time is extremely small. And, and again, I'll go back to that old maxim: recruiting is about relationships, Ben. And and you know, I don't know if I don't know how many of us could convince a girl to marry us in three weeks' time when she's been dating this other dude for two years. DeAndre Prince. It's a weird story um, today on the Ole Miss Spirit Message Board, and I'd heard some of this from you off the record, but I'd heard from you, but Chuck brings it up that DeAndre just hasn't been particularly motivated in the offseason program, and some winds started to blow that he was potentially going to transfer. You brought it up, and then it happened. What really is the true story in your mind, or at least the Cliff Notes version of why DeAndre Prince is leaving? Yeah, I don't know what's going on inside DeAndre Prince's head, but you and I have talked about this off the record for weeks now, that this was likely going to happen. Um, you're, you're, you're exactly right about not being very motivated in the offseason. I was privy to look at some of the scoring out there in this program, this, this offseason program that they had. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. What I saw is low man on the totem pole. So it told you right there that he wasn't very engaged in what was going on in terms of the offseason. But even before that, you started hearing some rumblings that uh, Prince was going to going to push the eject button um, and some rumblings that, you know, maybe his design was to continue playing 
under McIntyre and Charles Clark. Now, I'm not suggesting that they've had anything to do with this whatsoever, but the young man's got a mind of his own, and he played for both of them last year. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's a logical uh, scenario right there that maybe he ends up with the Memphis Tigers. Uh We'll just have to see. I've also heard Georgia could be in the running for DeAndre Prince. All of that speculation right now, to, to be totally honest, I think the safest thing is is DeAndre Prince has cashed his ticket out of here. Um, I don't think, and I've seen people allude to, well, you know, these other guys came back that entered the portal. I don't think that's going to happen in this situation. Uh, DeAndre Prince is is not going to continue playing football for Ole Miss, and he's going to end up somewhere else. He's going to have to set out a year. Um, but, um, he's got a red shirt year to give, so that's what he wanted to do. So wish him well. And, um, you know, it's cliche, but it has to be next man up for them. Yeah. This is a totally different case when compared to those other transfer portal situations, such as DeMarcus Gregory or Miles Battle that happened before the coaching change. This one happening well after the coaching change and months into the off season program under Lane Kiffin, he's gone. It's not going to be a sudden about face and come back. No. He had the opportunity to consider staying. He didn't enter the portal. To enter now, it's obvious he's not coming back. So the whole idea yeah. that yeah, the, that suddenly DeAndre Prince is going to have a eureka moment and say, you know what, no, wait, 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 I'm coming back. That's just not going to happen. For yeah. Ole Miss, it hurts because this is a player that started games as a true freshman last year, um, was one of their better signees in that class, in his class, the 2018 class, very good player, 2019 classic, excuse me. Really good player, and Ole Miss could ill afford already to lose any talent from its secondary, to lose one of the better candidates to start next year. It hurts. There's no denying it. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I hate reading the comments. Oh, he was soft. He couldn't take it. Look, I'm going to tell you what. He's gone through a season of SEC football. He wasn't soft. And it wasn't that he couldn't take it. Uh, whatever his reasons, they are what they are. But to further drive home this point about – you know, maybe he'll change his mind. Look, those other guys, I'm not going to mince words here. Those other guys, they quit on the previous coaching staff. Prince just quit on the current coaching staff. And that probably matters to this coaching staff that that's here in place. I don't like the whole crapping on players as they're leaving, as they're walking out the door. I hate it. I despise it. Yeah, I, I can't stand it because the whole thing is, we don't get on enough the coaches that suddenly leave and go to different places after those coaches have stood behind a podium and lamented the fact that players can now transfer, many of which are being granted the ability to play immediately. You have Mel Tucker step up, the head coach of Colorado, and say there's no transfer portal in the real world, and then weeks later ends up going to Michigan (laughs) State. So the idea that people get on the negative side of players – but aren't negative enough towards the coaches and the overall structure of the NCAA, which has put a system in place to suppress the labor force, which is the players. Amen. Preach on. Chill with that. Because DeAndre Prince, do what's in the best interest of you. Because no one else is looking out for you. You look out for yourself. Yeah. And and look, I get it. You know, these kids are trading their athletic abilities for a college education. Um, And, uh, you know, all the trappings that come along with being an SEC scholarship football player, you know, the, the free clothes, the meals, the, the world-class training that they're getting in, uh, and what most of them want to be their professional trade, not going to happen for most of them, but that's what their, their dreams and desires are when they step into that college program. But at the same time, 
there are a lot of people getting filthy rich off of uh, off of their bodies. I, I mean, if you just want to be brutally honest about it, off of their bodies and uh, their share, Ben, is not equivalent to what uh, to what they're producing. That's my whole deal. If you're one of those that support the current system, and I'm not telling you how to feel about it, if you like it and you don't want players to get paid their fair market value, fine, don't crap on a kid as he's leaving. Because this is at least one of the few things that provides players agency to control their own situation. So DeAndre Prince at least deserves your respect as he's leaving. Because I would be completely in the wrong, in my opinion, to criticize a kid for what he thinks is in the best interest of his career and his personal life on and off the field, if he feels like Memphis or Georgia, I'm speaking of DeAndre Prince, is the right move for him, and then Ole Miss doesn't work for him anymore, I won't criticize that, and no fan should either. If you support this system, you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You have to then support DeAndre Prince in his decision because that's what this system has created. This is the one avenue in which players can actually control very little about what their careers end up being in college. So good for him if this is what he feels like is in the best interest of him. But from an Ole Miss perspective, it hurts because when you look at the secondary, it's hard to project outside of maybe the first unit what Ole Miss's secondary is going to be. I don't know what I would project to be Ole Miss's starting secondary right now. Would you? No. No, I'll be totally honest with you. I do not. I mean, there's so many question marks, okay? You know, and, and I've, I've, I've written stories projecting what I think the offense is going to look like. It's a lot easier to do that. But right now, there's so much guessing going on on, on what that defense is going to look like. Look, everybody's talking about, look, okay, Durkin is, is, is going to run a 4-3 or 3-4. Look, the bottom line is they're going to have a base defense for whatever it is. But DJ Durkin's run a 4-3, a 3-4, a 3-3-5. And, and honestly, that's just what you start off in anyway. I, I mean, you know, the offense is going to dictate how you're lined up defensively. But uh, guessing how that defensive line is going to shake out, who are going to be your two D tackles? I mean, I could guess that it's going to be Katie Hill, Quentin Bivens, or uh, – you know, Patrick Lucas or T. Tisdale. Cox or T. Tisdale can guess all day, but uh, I really need to see it in the spring and see what they're being asked to do. And as far as the secondary goes, okay, how's Jalen Jones going to be? Where does he factor in? Do you pencil him in as a starter? Because remember, that knee started bothering him again at the end of last year. So, you know, you don't know the answers to all that. And then all of a sudden, boom, DeAndre Prince, who you could right in pen and ink that he was going to be a starting cornerback, not on team anymore. I mean, so it's, it's kind of hard on, on, on that side of the ball right now, Ben. All right. I'm looking at guys that are returning. Let's not factor in Lakevious Daniel, Derek Bermudez, Otis Reese is a safety. Anyway, we don't even know if he's going to be eligible to play this year, but looking at guys that are returning Jalen Jones, the injury situation is always going to be a question. But Jay Stanley, Ja'Cory Hawkins, A.J. Finley, Jamar Richardson, Jalen Jordan, John Haynes, a lot of those are safeties. We know John Haynes is a safety. But who of those returning guys do you think could take a step as far as being a cornerback? Jalen Jordan. I mean, I, I think he flashed at times last year. It was obvious he still had some growing up to do in terms of uh, – his on the field acumen, but but yeah, I would think Jalen Jordan would be a candidate to emerge as a as a potential starting cornerback for Ole Miss. 
Jamar Richardson is a guy that a lot of people love him. I I love that kid. Look, he had some academic issues last year that kept him from uh, playing, but uh, those things have been resolved. And and he's one of the guys going in spring practice. I'd keep a really close eye on. Uh, He's a heck of a player, very mature kid too. Uh, He's, he's all business, very serious minded. And uh, I can see him, uh, I can see him challenging for a corner spot as well. You know, what you where, where you get kind of foggy is when you get past those guys that you just mentioned and go, who else can get in this rotation right now? Uh, Lakevious Daniel certainly needs to help, uh, particularly at, at, at the safety spots. Uh, you know, a Juco guy you're bringing in uh, mid-year, I mean, he, you're not bringing him in to develop. You're expecting him to help right off the bat. I will say this. It's crazy to me. But Keydron Smith is a junior. I know he's a junior. I know the math. But to see junior by his name, it's still crazy to me. But Keydron, it's time. You've flashed many, many times that you have all-league potential. But now it's time to put it together. If ever there was a time, it's now for Keydron Smith. Yeah, and I, I mean, you can say that for probably a number of guys on the roster, and it's not too late. We're not saying that, that it's too late, but, you know, guys that it, that it, it's time, um, you know, I mean, heck, yeah, he would probably uh, top that list, and, and particularly in the secondary. I mean, he's someone that has all the physical tools that he could help. But um, honestly, I need to put together that list, the now or never guys. Uh, that'd, be a, that'd be a pretty interesting story to kind of dig into there. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. That voice you hear is David Johnson at Rebels247. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in Spotify and SoundCloud, just simply search Talk of Champions. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to former Ole Miss shortstop Gray Kessinger. Ole Miss baseball off to a 3-1 and start. What does he think about the Rebels so far? The Talk of Champions is powered by Modern Woodman and BNA Bank. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. 
where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me now, former Ole Miss shortstop Gray Kessinger, now with the Houston Astros. Down in Florida, right, Gray? Yes, living, living down here in Florida. Uh, I have to get going uh, tomorrow, really. I get, get going. So what do you do once you get going? So I'm going to uh, go to minicamp, which um, it's, it's before spring training. And from what I understand, at least, it's, it's pretty laid back. And um, then if any, any big leaguers don't want to play that day or they only want a couple of bats, I'll get to back up a couple of the big league games and I think that's either two or three weeks, and then then get you know uh, spring training will start and go through that, and then be you know shipped off to wherever they send me. To be a second round pick, obviously the Astros have a plan for you. What have they laid out for you in terms of what they want you to do, not only in mini camp but um, going forward? What do they want you to work on? Right. So um, we did at the end of last year. They give you a little goal sheet and. Um, kind of walk you through what they want you to improve on just on each area of the game. And um, you know, The biggest thing was just some mechanical hitting stuff. And um, specifically, at first, there's a lot of lower body stuff, and now it's starting to kind of just tie in with you know a little bit of everything, which it's hard to explain. But um, that's going to be a big focus for me, just continuing getting the uh, – you know, they use a lot of analytics, so getting a lot of the numbers they want from me and, and stuff like that is what they're going to be kind of looking for. And then, But for me personally, it's, I put in all the work in the offseason stuff, so for me personally, I just, want to, um, you know, I just want to start playing well and really start playing games, you know, get into see some live arms and get, get back in game speed of things. Yeah, what was the offseason like for you? What all did you do? Right, it was, it was pretty long. My first offseason without really anything to do, it was kind of weird. But I, I was here in Florida for a little bit. I was working out at um, Cresty Sports Performing there at Cresty's place, and so was, so I was there for um, really all of November and then January and February. So I've been here and then back in Oxford. And I was you know in Oxford working out up at all this, but just getting used to my days being working out and then trying to find a hobby. So tried to get in and like start making some music and playing some golf. Just you know, it was long. I didn't know what to expect, and um, I'm really ready to get going. So I need something. I need something to do. See, you could have got on the sticks with me and played NBA 2K. Oh, you know what? I'm upset. So in my my apartment in college, our internet wasn't good enough to play 2K. I could play anything else. So then I didn't buy 2020, and now I hear it's great, dude. I hear it. So I'm back on the 2021 grind, though. I've made the best my player I've ever made. He's a three and D guard. I'm unstoppable. That's beautiful. All right, you're going to get me jealous, though, because yeah. I'm hating it. I got one buddy. He texts me every day. It's the best. Have they told you where they want you to start? Low A, high A? Have they mentioned that? No, they haven't mentioned that. Uh, just if I had to, you know, I'm guessing it'll be low A or high A, um, which I think that's pretty pretty obvious. But I don't know what they're, um, you know, which what direction they're going to go. Just because I didn't, you know, I played barely half a season, you know, last year and um, I mean, most of it was in low A, so I don't know if they're going to want me to get back there and play, you know, another half season and get a full year under my belt, or, um, or just start me up in high A. Um, obviously, it'd be nice to go to high A and you know keep moving up. That's the whole goal. But you know, whatever they choose, I know they have a plan, and um, 
just going to try to play well wherever. And um, the the place in Iowa was nice, and it was good, and feel comfortable there if that's where I go back. And if, if it's in North Carolina, that, that's awesome. What did you learn about yourself in your first half season in the pros? I learned that I truly love baseball. Cause if you it's don't, hard. It's, it's be hard down there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's just every day, and that's what – like, I had our first time was in Troy, New York, and then I went to Davenport, Iowa. And it's just uh, – I mean, you, you, new plays for new people, and uh, you're playing baseball every day, you might be 0 for 8, and you still have to show up the next day and get your workout in. I mean, you, you just got to love what you do. But, I mean, for me, I just found out that, the, you know, yeah, it was hard, and there was ups and downs in the whole thing, but – and I loved I loved every second of it, and I I know for sure this is what I want to do, and and I know how to kind of just deal with pro lifestyle. I mean, I, I learned my routines. You know, what am I going to do in the mornings where I'm not just laying around all day, and then baseball is my entire day. You know, I kind of learned where I like to eat breakfast and um, what I can do. You know, what can I go do in the mornings where I can get out of the house or just just things to you know, get to keep your day going and not make them longer than they already are. So are there like eight or nine of you sharing a house? So in Iowa, we did we did host families, um, which that was that was at well, first I was in an apartment because they kind of ran out of host families. And I got called up later, but then I got a host family, and and that was really nice. Um, just gives you some sort of you know home feel, and I'm not a great host family. I mean they were wonderful, and um, I had a good setup and. You know, I had my car, just it's more homey feel and a little more freedom. Um, like in Troy, New York, we were in apartments. And so we were all in, the, or I guess, harp apartments, like a suite kind of thing. And you had three other roommates and the, the whole team stayed in one place. But the, the host family is the way to do it. Okay, so now you're in Oxford for the weekend. You threw out first pitch with Thomas. What did you think about Ole Miss? Take two or three from the top ranked team in the country. Had to be pretty impressed. Oh yeah, that was it. They look great. Um, you know, even the day one, um, I think they lost seven to two, maybe. Um, I, I told someone I was like, I was really impressed with just their at bats, though. For a lot of new guys, people having to step up in new roles and all those, you know, pieces to that puzzle, they uh, they just had good at bats against a really good arm. Just the way they kind of carry themselves, and yeah, they had some strikeouts or didn't get a hit in there, but just their body language was good. And, and they, they had a little confidence about them where it made me feel really good for the next two days. And then sure enough, they come out and they swung the bats against a really good staff. And then the, the, the pitcher, our pitching staff, you know, I mean, they, they were going to be good. Um, and they got a lot of guys coming back and I thought they really competed well. And some new guys stepped up into some roles. And um, I was just like, the biggest takeaway was just, I liked their, their swagger about them, the way they carried themselves and, I hope you know. I hope they keep that that swagger to them. Was it strange to be on this side of it, though? Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> uh, it sucked. Yeah, I was, I got out there, and it's just a. There's nothing, especially on opening day. There's nothing like opening day, and and all those butterflies you get, and and then when it got you know those close games, I found myself you know early in the games, like I may be talking to someone or or walking around, and then as those innings started to creep on up. I found myself just kind of sitting there not talking to anybody. If they say something, I'd be like, hey, hold on, I didn't hear you. I'm I'm watching. And I'd be sitting and that, you know, someone would make a great play or take have a good at bat or something. I'd be yelling stuff. I'm like, well, maybe I'm not supposed to be yelling that from, from the stands. I don't know. But it was different. Um, 
but they play great and made me want to be out there even more. Don't lie. When you first saw Anthony jog out to shortstop, you wanted to go, wait, 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 wait. That's where yeah. I'm supposed to be. Wait, yeah, no, that's, that's up. No, but uh, absolutely. I, I would I would love to be out there. But I will say, talk about that kid. What, what a weekend he had. Yeah, monster weekend for him. Defensively played really well. Uh, but the at-bats, where has he grown, do you think? I mean, you saw him the first two years. You know what he is. Um, what have you seen from yeah. him and his growth so far? Just maturing as a baseball player, learning his swing, learning what's going to work for his approach against these really good arms. And I think that's just kind of – I mean, obviously you have guys that come in and you know, they're they're great every single year they're there or whatever. But, I mean, what he did is the same thing I went through, you know, struggled and then did well. And then, and then you know, through one weekend he, he's just playing – outstanding and I think that just comes from a maturity standpoint and learning more about yourself um and what makes you successful and and also I think he has a confidence about him you know um I think he knows he needs to step up and play well this year and he's playing shortstop and has the blonde hair and I think he just has a really good confidence about him that's just great to see I just love it for him I love love him as a kid so that's great the blonde hair is a thing that's been going on with Ole shortstop for so long um, kind of when did you get involved with it? When did you find out about it? Who kind of lets you in on what the tradition is and, and why Ole Miss shortstops do this? So the first guy that I that I saw was Cozart. Um, because, and then so my, my whenever whatever age I was, I had a friend who you know died his hair just like Cozart did. And so that was like the first guy growing up that I you know remember. And then just as I got older, um, I'd say probably with, when Errol did his freshman year, no, Austin Anderson. So I went to Austin Anderson, whenever he did it, I kind of, then I was a little older and found out the story of Tolbert and, and, you know, really started looking into it. And so then from there on, I was like, I right, well, if, if I ever get that chance, there's no doubt I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be the one that doesn't do it. So, um, and now it's weird though, not having blonde hair, <laughs> three years of blonde hair and then going back. But I don't know if I could pull off Anthony's hair. That, that, that's uh, I told him. I told him it's majestic. Do you have to do it every single year that you're the shortstop? I didn't know that that was part of the criteria. Yeah, I think so. I think I think you do. Yeah, I would say I would say yes. Whoever whoever plays shortstop that year, I think got to do it, even if it's your fourth year. I think I think you got to do it. Oh man, because Errol said whenever like March would come around or the end of February or maybe the end of January, I can't remember. He said that he would get an itch in his head because it's legit bleach. You're bleaching your hair. No, yeah, no. You you were putting bleach in your absolutely, absolutely no. There's your hair like it gets harder to style and like you're bleaching your hair for sure. <laughs> Golly, man, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Okay, so the newcomers you would like, have to you would have to do it though. You couldn't just say I'm not. No, no, it's a thing now <laughs> to where the shortstop that decides not to do it, you're setting yourself up for disaster with fans. You just got to do it. You just got to accept right. it. I mean, it's been, it really has been so long, you know? I mean, I don't know what year Tolbert did it. I, guess, I don't really know the exact year. 2004 or five. Yeah, I mean, that's a long time for someone to say, yeah, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah, we're going on 20 years here. Come on. Um, okay, so the yeah. newcomers played such a huge role in the success this weekend. Peyton Chatney's playing second. He's going to be the future shortstop. Um, but all across the field, Jerrion Ely, Derek Diamond stuffed it on Sunday, as did Wes Burton. Just your overall impressions of the newcomers, because the 2016 class, your class, y'all at the time were the highest-ranked class ever, and this class comes in, and they're really deep too, also really highly ranked. So what were your impressions of them? 
Yeah, like kind of what I said earlier, they they all came in with the confidence about them. I don't think they had any doubts in their abilities or they had any doubts in each other. I think uh, they was like, hey, we're, we're going to go out there. We're going to – here's like, you know, the pitchers. I thought, you know, Wes is a really good driver, Derek. And they were like, hey, here's our here's our pitches. And here, here's what we're throwing. And we're not going to try to fool you. We're going to come after you. And if you hit it, you hit it. And I think, you know, that the plate, Peyton, just every swing Peyton takes is just an absolute hack. I think that I think that really stems from a confidence and a, a belief, you know, that just almost baseball always talks about the word belief is so a big part of the program. And, and I think they really did have that just on, on opening weekend. And I really think it's going to be important for them, you know, no matter how this weekend goes to the next weekend, that they, they never lose that because they were a really good team this weekend. As far as you and Thomas and all the other guys that have left and moved on and gone into the pros, is it hard to stay in touch with each other or do you all maintain a relationship and communication? Uh, yeah, I'd say we, we all stay in touch a, a decent amount, um, whether it's, you know, through through PlayStation or Xbox or, um, you know, Snap, whatever it is, we, we all have a, you know, pretty good feel of how everybody's doing. And, um, you know, hopefully um, we all get to see each other, you know, you know, at some point along the way this summer. That's always fun. Like when I got to play Thomas last year, that was fun, um, getting to hang out, see his family and stuff. So we always, you know, find a way to, to stay in touch and and then of course uh when we're, we all try to link up in Oxford at some point in time this offseason you gonna be back any time to catch some moments baseball you know I don't think I'll be make it back uh, that I know of anymore but I already have my timer set on my phone so I don't miss uh opening pitch today on my laptop yeah even tough games games that honestly let's be real even the players are bored with Alcorn State come on you're, you're still tuned into that you're still a big fan like that huh oh yeah I will say as a player, it can be tough, which it's hard for people to understand. What do you mean it's hard to get ready to play? Or um, And Coach B preaches, talk about the midweek challenge and that whole thing. But it, you ask anybody who, who's played at that level, and it's a real thing. You know, there's no doubt that Ole Miss is better. And I know this isn't exactly what you asked, but uh, it, it's hard sometimes to get going. And I think with a lot of newcomers, it's going to be important, uh, you know, these midweek, game, midweek games for someone to step up and do something early. So you don't just walk through them. So I'm doing my part, I guess, and, and watching on the computer, if that helps them at all. I don't play, so I can't assume anything. But coming off a weekend like top-ranked Louisville, where you win that series and there's so much emotion involved and the fans are engaged, it feels like what you signed up for. That's, I think, or I would guess, is where the challenge comes from in the midweek. No, for sure. That's a big part of it. Um, and then you look forward and they play Xavier maybe next weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so that that's you know a different team and someone you can look forward to, and it's just easy to look over. Like I said, Alcorn State, like we're we're the better team. We should go out there. We should win seven to one, and we should move on or whatever it is. And um, that's just not the case with baseball. And um, it it really does just uh, come from from making sure you're playing hard and and keeping your your focus on every pitch because if you go up there and you change your approach. Um, and you're trying to just hit home runs because the guy's throwing 83. Next thing you know, five guys in a row pop up, and then maybe they hit a you know three bloop singles, and you're losing, and then you're already out of your rhythm, and and they have some confidence, and, and then baseball takes over. And um, so it's just important to to keep your focus um, on every single pitch and, and don't get away from your plan. When's the last time you thought about the Fayetteville Regional? Um, I'd say decently often. I, I, when I look back, though, 
just all my my years at Ole Miss, and even you know specifically that last year. That's that you know that's I mean as bad as that is, and it must suck. That's really I mean not what the first thing I think about, just because all those memories. There's so many positive memories, and and that group of guys are so special, and we really were you know very talented, and we were a good team, and won a lot of baseball games. Now I don't you know have have any regrets about you know how we went about that weekend. I thought we we you know did our best and had some had some good games and I think you know Arkansas came out on top but um it, it's hard to dwell on that just with with all the the positive memories that that we had in all the games we were able to win and and things like that is what I tend to f- lean on focusing on what's the first thing you think about just living a dream living living my childhood dream and how cool it really is that I got to play in front of on Swayze Field for so many games and, and be the shortstop and you know, and then from there, just a lot of uh, other things. I'm thinking about actual moments, like the big games, some big plays. I guess I made personally, or other things that get me excited thinking about. Because I was always wanting the guy to be the guy in that spot, like leading off the game at Arkansas. You know, that's being that region, leading off the game, hitting home run. Like I've always wanted to be the guy for Ole Miss to do something big, or you know, SEC tournament, win an SEC tournament, and having a couple home runs there, and you know. All those things just, I guess it's hard to choose one besides, you know, I was just living the dream. I had Sir Video on the podcast before the season started. I asked him this. Now I got to ask you, which is the better feeling? Hitting the home run or ranging to your right, deep in the hole, fielding a ball, throwing across your body, and gunning down a runner? Both great. Going to the right, the pop up slide um, is more, would be more exciting than throwing on the run for me. But I still would have to go home run. Really? Yeah, because I feel every time I go to my right and I slide for a ball that I, I can make that play. However, if you every time you go up to the play, you're not going to hit a home run. I mean, that's just baseball. So if you have, you know, 400 at-bats and you hit, you know, say even like a really good player, 40 home runs or whatever. Well, if I go to the, my backhand and do that 25 times, I think I should make the play 20 of them. Yeah, that's cocky shortstop stuff, isn't it? For, I mean, I think you have to. Yeah, I mean, you I have to. You, you have believe. to have the confidence that you're going to make every play. Right. I think that's it for me. I think. What did he say? Uh, he said it would be did the play. Say, yeah, ranging to his right, deep in the hole, and throwing somebody out. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Now, granted, great, at the time, but... Anthony had only had three career home runs, so it's not like he had a lot <laughs> of experience to draw back on. Hit a home run an opening weekend, right. it might change for him. Yeah. There's just, I guess, the timing of it. You know, maybe if it's uh Ten to one, and we're winning. Maybe not the home run, but when it's a close game and you hit one, that's a pretty cool feeling. Well, dude, everyone's rooting for you. Everyone is excited to see um, how your career progresses from here. Everybody misses you around here. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Let's stay in touch. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Hotty toddy forever. That was former Ole Miss shortstop Gray Kessinger. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. And the guest co-host chair is David Johnson in place of Colin Brister, who's out with a personal matter on this Thursday edition of Talk of Champions. You can catch David on Twitter at Rebels247. Writes with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. And Colin Brister on Twitter is at Colin Brister. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also available in Spotify and SoundCloud, just simply search Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford and Cheney's Pharmacy. There's nothing quite like Oxford, Mississippi in the spring. 
Ole Miss baseball is in full swing. Double-decker, spring football practices, the Grove Bowl. You ride around in your car looking at the beautiful people, the flowers. Why not experience that in a new car? Truck. How about a Jeep? Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They'll work with you to ensure you get the car you want at a price point you can afford. All you've got to do is go visit Brian, Mason, and the crew and let them take care of you through the easiest, most seamless car buying process around. How can they best serve you? To take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides, be sure to contact them today at 662-638-0044. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. When spring arrives, you know what comes with it. Allergies. Stuffy nose. Cough. Sore throat. So there's no better time to assess whether or not you're getting everything you need from your pharmacy. And the only place to go is Cheney's Pharmacy. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's is a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years, and it provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call at 662-234-7221. You can visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Back now, David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Michael Spurlock, former Ole Miss quarterback, running back, all-around player, played eight years in the NFL. He's joined Lane Kiffin's staff as a senior analyst, assistant wide receivers coach, coming over from Texas State, I think. It's funny because he started following me on Twitter, David, and so I immediately DM'd him. I'm like, okay, this is perfect for Talk of Champions. Get Michael Spurlock on, do what I do when I bring guests on, and then I find out through Michael He's joining Lane Kiffin's staff. That means, no, there will be no Michael Spurlock interview on Talk of Champions. But Michael Spurlock, that's a great move. I like that. I like it, too. And, and you know, it's kind of cool. I had a front row seat watching Michael Spurlock grow up over in Indianola. Um, first time I ever became aware of this incredible high school athlete. Uh, and I was I was the sports editor in Cleveland, Mississippi, and, and Michael was playing – ball in a town about 25 miles away, Indianola, Mississippi. And um, there was this incredible talent from Indianola that kept coming over to Cleveland every summer to play American Legion baseball with the Cleveland Reds. And uh, his name was Michael Spurlock. He played shortstop. They'd play him in the outfield, second base, just wherever. Uh, man, he could hit the heck out of the baseball. If he got on base, I mean, he was Ricky Henderson as far as American Legion baseball went. I mean, he was going to steal you blind. Uh, so that was my first introduction to Michael Spurlock. And then he started playing high school football. And uh, while we didn't cover Indianola, Gentry High School as part of our, our beat. Uh, they were just outside our coverage area. Gentry would come in and play teams from our coverage area all the time. And uh, so on September, and I, I just looked this up yesterday. So on September 9th, 2000, it's a Friday, Indianola Gentry is playing Ruleville Central. And Ruleville Central was one of our schools. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over here tonight and cover this game because I want to see the Spurlock kid play. Ben, the final score in that game, just take a guess. Just take a – it was a shootout. Take a guess. What do you think? Oh, uh, 56 to 52. 
Final score in that game was 74 to 71. Ruval Central beats Indianola Gentry and Michael Spurlock. In that game, Michael Spurlock accounted for all 71 of Indianola Gentry's points. Uh, and look, I pulled, I, I had my buddies, uh, the sports editor over there now, go to the morgue and pull that article for me yesterday. It looks, I'm reading right here. Spurlock completed 23 of 45 passes for 544 yards and eight touchdowns. He also carried the ball 11 times for 117 yards and three scores. Amazingly, Spurlock had a hand in all 71 of the Rams' points as he also kicked five PATs that night. And, and, and I mean, I will never, ever ever forget that game and uh, I remember down in the fourth quarter uh, my buddy Van Dice at the time was handling all high school football stats for the Clarion Ledger and I call Van and I'm like hey I got something crazy going on here so uh, you know so he's holding the paper down there in Jackson so I can get him all the information on this what a wild game and then uh, USA Today picked it up and then I get back to the office on Monday. I get a call from Sports Illustrated and they pay me to go to Ruville and to go to Indianola and take pictures of, of Noah Ingram was the running back at Ruville and Spurlock over at Gentry so that they could feature them in Sports Illustrated in their faces in the crowd segment the wow. next week for what they did. And uh, the crazy thing was I watched half that game with Marion Hobby who was an assistant coach at Ole Miss, there to see Spurlock that night. And uh, Hobby was like he had never seen anything like it before either. Um, you know, not much defense in that game, but just an incredible performance for Michael Spurlock, the new offensive analyst at Ole Miss, scored 71 points all by himself. He threw a couple of touchdown passes uh, in that ball game. That's my. F- that's the first time I ever saw Michael Spurlock play football. I will defend David Cutcliffe until I die. But it's a easy criticism in how he handled Michael Spurlock. Because if he wasn't a quarterback, and he wasn't, because David Cutcliffe had a type, he tried to make Ethan Flat a quarterback because he had a specific type for quarterback. If you knew that, this guy was way too good to be sitting on your bench. He should have been at wide receiver, returning kicks as he did in the NFL, running back, just a freak, freak athlete, and he can bring so much to a wide receiver room at Ole Miss. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, he's got the hands-on experience. Uh, you know, I think he's going to relate well, obviously, to the players. They're they're going to respect his history as an NFL player, as an SEC player. Um, you know, and 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 just has always really been just a genuinely soft-spoken, very nice guy. I think the fans, the fans at Ole Miss already know that. The the old fans, the new fans will, uh, you know, probably get to know that if. Uh, I, well, we're probably not going to ever get to talk to him as long as he works here. No, but, uh, no. no well, you know, sans your reason for not having him on the podcast. But uh, but uh, a, a good guy, it's good to see good guys come home. And uh, that's what happened with Michael Spurlock. So what do we know with Spurlock and others? What do we know now about how Lane Kiffin values the analyst positions and how he's going to use them? Yeah, you know, the, the whole analyst position story at Ole Miss, I – I think ought to be tied more to Keith Carter really than Lane, to be honest with you. Yeah, Lane's going out and getting great guys, but Keith made sure he had the resources to do that. And we have never had this many analysts in this Ole Miss football program ever, Uh, you know, not counting, you know, not counting 
those who sit in the stands who analyze everything. But uh, I mean, you know, and, and I talked to Barton Simmons about it on uh, on Friday, and, and Barton's take was, look, it shows Ole Miss is serious about wanting to return to the upper echelon of college football like they were really and truly only four short years ago, Ben, when they were whooping Oklahoma State's butt in the Sugar Bowl and finishing top 10 in the nation. Um, you know, there's there's an element that uh, of, of applause that ought to be directed towards Keith Carter for making sure Lane Kiffin had the resources to assemble the staff that he has assembled in Oxford because, I mean, I think it's a home run staff. I really do. And I know that's so dead gum cliche, but when you look at what's on this staff, and the, the, the brain trust that's on this staff, the addition of the analysts, and, and I mean, people ask, what does an analyst do? Well, number one, they can, they're, they're self-scouting you. You know, okay, so I'm an analyst and I'm looking at Ole Miss and I'm going, okay, where are the weaknesses here? Where are the the where do we need to plug the dam, so to speak? Uh, you know, you may have two analysts four weeks out ahead of uh, you know your matchup with Arkansas, and and you've got great intel on Arkansas to formulate a game plan. There's just so many different things and roles these guys play. That's why you see so many programs such as in Alabama bringing in, you know, a guy who's a huge name on the coaching front as an analyst. And these guys coming in and being analysts for a season or two until they can get back in the saddle of being a a big time college football coach. I asked this to Colin every second show of the week. I'll ask you the thing you're most looking forward to in Ole Miss sports this weekend is what? This weekend, mm-hmm. hmm. for me, baseball. I, I really and truly want to see these guys, and I don't cover baseball, but uh, so I can watch baseball as an Ole Miss fan, and that's how I watch Ole Miss baseball. Uh, I don't have to write about it. I don't have to analyze it. I don't have to say anything I don't want to say or or do anything I don't want to do. Ben, that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I, I want, uh, you know, I know last yeah, night. you leave all uh, that stuff to me. Yeah, that, yeah, and you do a great job with it. I read all your stuff. But, uh, yeah, that's what I'm – I mean, I will have it all pulled up on my, on my Sling Orange subscription uh, <laughs> right here on my desktop. Put a plug in for those guys, and uh, man, I, I, just like last weekend, I'll watch every pitch. It helps that they came back and beat Alcorn State. Servideo walks it off with a home <laughs> yeah. run in the 10th. Because if you don't come back and win that when it gets a team that you should beat, after taking two of three from the top-ranked team in the country in Louisville, it just immediately doesn't completely take away your momentum, but at least it throws a wrench into your momentum a little bit. Oh, look, man, let me tell you, me and the 40 fans at the home opener for Ole Miss softball last night, we were sweating that. You know, everybody's got their cell phones out. And, oh, my God, it's 8 to 8 in the ninth. What in the world? Uh, and uh, Keith Carter had made it over to the softball game, and uh, he's sitting there. And um, so – and he doesn't see me, and I text him, and I'm like, Keith, why in the world aren't you at the softball game? And you can see him, he kind of bows up a little bit, and he looks around, and he sees me sitting over there. But uh, he, he texts back, and he goes, listen, man, I'm, I'm, I'm watching softball. I got baseball pulled up on my phone. About five minutes later, Carter left. I'm sure he was headed back over to the baseball field. <laughs> that thing, it looked like it was getting sticky over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. What is the update on softball for those who haven't been paying attention? You've been out there every single day. Nobody covers softball like Dave. 
Well, uh, you know, disappointing, obviously. Uh, you know, disappointing, and I offer no excuses. Uh, tough schedule, yes. It's been a heck of a first two weekends for them in terms of who they've played. This weekend's just as bad uh, in terms of fierce competition. You got Louisiana Lafayette. You got Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State went to the College World Series last year. Of course, Louisiana, everybody's familiar with. That's who Ole Miss beat in the, in the regional here in Oxford. Uh, disappointing. And, and you can say, man, they've played a very tough schedule. They have. But this schedule gets no easier. It, it, what they face the first two weekends is nothing above what they face every weekend in the Southeastern Conference. So, uh, you know, throw that out aside. I will say this. They've been competitive in all of their games. Their worst loss is a 4-1 setback to Texas. But they've still lost – eight of their first 10 games. I mean, they're two and eight right now. They did beat the Mexican national team, uh, but it doesn't count. It was an exhibition game. So, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about that. That's a moral victory, I suppose. Um, I watched them last night. Uh, I'll be honest with you. And this, I am in no way trying to disrespect Mississippi Valley state softball program, but I think I could have fielded an all-star team from Oxford and Lafayette high school and, and beat <laughs> Valley 11 to nothing last night. Um, you know, it's just not there for them, uh, in terms of an, a, you know, worthy opponent. Um, so it was an easy cakewalk win last night. Th- there are problems within the program. I, 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 just, I don't think you can keep sending kids up to the microphone smiling and saying all is well anymore. Uh, this is a team that was preseason ranked in the top 25. Is a team that really had everything, should have had everything to contend to go to the Women's College World Series. Um, that looks like a, you know, a far, far stretch right now at this juncture of the season. Uh, they don't have a number two pitcher. I think that that's inexcusable. Uh, Savannah Diederich was supposed to be that person. She has not pitched like that person yet. She did throw a one, two, three, uh, fifth inning last night against Valley. Um, so there are a lot of issues. You can't go through the SEC with one pitcher. You're going to have to have a little bit of help. Um, Anna Borgen's pitching well. Right now, she'd be my number two. I know she will get a start over there this weekend against somebody. Um, but there are issues, Ben. I, I mean, there, there are issues. This thing has not gone well. You know, from the uh, mysterious uh, forced resignation of Mike Smith uh, to the transfer of probably your best player in Kaylee Horton four days before the season opener, uh, she hits the portal. Um, so all's not well. You know, I, I'm not I'm no longer going to push that line. And, um, you know, we're, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Uh, you know, how will they show in Birmingham this week, uh, this weekend? That, there are some tough games over there. He's David Johnson. Works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and Philly 247 Sports. Filling in for Colin Brister, who's out with a personal matter, at Colin Brister on Twitter. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Thanks for having me, Ben. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.